Expert Insights is an ongoing medical education podcast. The Carl Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please click on the link and complete the episode's post-test. Another edition of our Integrated System podcast series, helping us to achieve world-class accessible care and to improve the health of the people we serve. This is Expert Insights. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to Expert Insights with the Carl Foundation Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing plastic surgery, cosmetic medicine for aging. Joining me is Jennifer Lieb. She's a plastic surgery nurse practitioner at the Carl Foundation Hospital. Jennifer, I'm so glad to have you with us today. Give us a little brief discussion on the science of aging and how we're tailoring care to these changes, some of which we like and some of which we don't. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so, you know, it's important, of course, to start with the basics on cosmetic medicine and kind of why we do what we do. Um, so the pathophysiology of the aging face um, is an important thing to run through. Something that we talk about a lot in conferences is the triangle of youth. So what that is essentially is um, a triangle that has the width at the top and then it tapers to the bottom. And that's something that we apply to the face. So that's typical for like the 20-year-old that has uh, high cheekbones, full cheeks, and a nice defined jawline. And that's kind of the goal as far as um, what our culture defines as beautiful in a face. And something that happens with aging is that triangle starts to invert. So then you have the fullness at the base of the face and it kind of tapers to the top. Um, so what we see as far as what happens in that process is the skin is starting to kind of sag in the face. We're starting to get resorption of the bone. We have separation and resorption of the fat in the face. Um, the skin is starting to age. It's starting to not have as much collagen and elastin. And um, the muscles in the face start to get kind of hyperfunctional. So it contributes to wrinkles. Um, so, you know, everyone ages differently. And it can be accelerated by different factors, such as smoking, um, UV exposure, weight loss, um, stress, illness, things like that. Um, and also another thing that's important to keep in mind is the hormonal aspects. Um, women in the 30s, like in the 30s uh, age range, women tend to do better with aging than men do. And then once we start to hit our 40s, then it kind of inverts and men start to do better than women. And why is that? Well, typically it's a hormone um, response in women. We start to drop off our, our hormone levels. So there's a lot that goes into um, aging facial structure and things like that. So that's something to keep in mind that all of the levels age in different ways. Thank you for that comprehensive answer, Jennifer. So run through it for us, what options we have for cosmetic medicine currently and tell other providers really what you're doing at the Carl Foundation Hospital. Sure. So, you know, it's a really um, exciting time as far as cosmetic medicine goes. There's a lot of things that are changing. Things change frequently in our field. Um, as far as kind of like we discussed, there's all kinds of different levels of aging in the face. Um, so you have your skin, your bone, your fat pads, um, and the muscles. So those are things that we target in different ways. So I would say, um, things that we're using right now currently would be like neuromodulators. Um, the most common one that people know is Botox. 
um, also fillers, so like hyaluronic acids, um, lasers, and skincare are things that we're offering right now in Carl Plastic Surgery that are kind of combating the signs of aging. Well, then let's talk about some of those. Let's talk about Botox first for relaxation of wrinkles. Tell us what neurotoxins are, what they're doing, really, how long they last. Give us a rundown on it. Great. Um, yeah. So neuromodulators and Botox, um, I reference Botox because it's the most widely known. Um, you know, it's one of those medications. It's kind of like Viagra. Everybody's heard of it. Um, so essentially, they came about the cosmetic indication for Botox, um, just kind of um, randomly with a trial back in the 70s for um, strabismus and blepharospasm in the eye. Um, it was an incidental finding that the patients were having improvement in the wrinkles around their eyes. Um, so that was something that the company had picked up on and they started to um, seek FDA approval for um, cosmetic indications, which the FDA approval for um, Botox was back in 2002 for the, glob the glabella ritide, so the uh, central forehead. Um, so the way that these are used, they're injected into the belly of the, the muscle. Um, it essentially blocks the release of acetylcholine, um, causing a temporary chemical denervation of the muscle. So everyone's a little bit different as far as how long it lasts and um, the effects of, of how long it lasts and how good of a result you have. It's based, um, you know, on the muscle mass of the person, um, if they work out a lot. Um, there's just a lot of variation as far as that goes. Um, so some people, um, men specifically, I would say burn through Botox a little bit quicker. Um, athletes burn through it quicker. Um, it can last two to four months depending on the patient. Um, so it, it's a temporary thing. So that's something obviously to keep in mind. It's something that you would continue doing. With that being said, if you do it one time and you have four months of your muscles not animating in your face, then you've stopped that aging with those, you know, developing those deeper lines in the face for that period of time. So it's not time wasted. And that's what I tell patients to, you know, keep in mind if, if they can't afford it or, you know, if they just want to try it and they don't know that, that they want to do it again. Um, so that's, you know, just something for um, patients and providers to keep in mind. It's, it's a really um, great treatment for relaxation of muscles, um, preventing those lines around, you know, the, the animation in the muscles of the face, um, preventing those lines from getting deep and um, from being there all of the time, as opposed to just there with animation or with smiling or, or lifting your forehead or things like that. That's so interesting. You know, we've all heard so much about Botox, but really didn't know what it does or what it's intended to do. Now tell us a little bit about fillers for voluminization and fine lines and how are these given? And you can also go into lasers for skin resurfacing. You know, tell us a little bit about some of these other options. Sure. So um, fillers, I would say, have really boomed, um, especially in the past 10 years or so. Um, we're starting to get more um, fillers on the market. Right now, there are about 14 different hyaluronic acid fillers. They all have different concentrations, different G primes, they're different elasticity. So they're used in different areas. So some of them mimic bone, some mimic fat, some mimic the skin. 
skin. Um, so it's important um, to have the right product in the right area to mimic what is needed. Um, they're uh, naturally occurring. Uh, hyaluronic acid is naturally occurring in the body. Um, in the dermal uh, matrix, it provides structural support in the skin. Um, but, you know, a lot of other providers also know, I mean, it's just about everywhere in the body, um, in the bones and the cartilage and the eyes and things like that. Um, depending on the filler that's injected, it can last maybe six months. It could last up to two years. Um, and the nice thing with filler is there's an immediate result with filler. So the patient obviously can see exactly what was done with the treatment. Um, and then lasers is something that I would say a lot of people get kind of confused with just because it's very high tech. Um, it can be kind of confusing to explain exactly what a laser does. Essentially, a laser, depending on what the laser is, it targets different areas. So um, right now at Carl, we have six different lasers available for cosmetic indications. Um, um, so we have hair removal, tattoo removal, removal of um, colored lesions of the skin, so pigmented or vascular lesions, and then we have non-ablative and ablative resurfacing lasers. So uh, depending on what you wanted, um, these lasers can kind of minimize scarring. They can improve skin texture and laxity and rhytides. So these are all really great options for patients with combating um, aging. Essentially, a, a lot of the way that the lasers will work is they um, cause some injury, so they trigger a wound healing response, so it increases collagen production in the area. Um, when we're starting in our 20s, we start to notice that collagen starts to deplete in the skin. So, you know, you can imagine in your 40s and 50s, you might not have much collagen left. So stimulating collagen really helps the, uh, the appearance of the skin. So now tell us a little bit about skincare products, because other providers want to be able to recommend things to their patients. But, you know, we're looking to use them ourselves. What skincare products for hyperpigmentation do you advise? And I know that we're talking about aging, but you can even touch on acne a little bit if you would. And the products that you like us to look to and why. Absolutely. Um, you know, skincare is a really easy place for a lot of patients to start as far as, you know, cosmetics and aging and, and things like that go because everybody's using a product on their face. Um, but I would say most people don't really know what products they should be using. So I would say if you do nothing else, you have to have a good sunscreen um, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of how your skin looks. Um, it's the number one preventative tool as far as skincare goes that we can use um, and something to keep in mind with sunscreen is you have to reapply it for it to be effective. So, you know, sometimes we'll get patients in office and they'll say, well, yeah, I put my sunscreen on this morning. And it's like, well, okay, um, have you reapplied it at all? And 95% and of the time they haven't. So, you know, after two hours, you don't have any protection with your sunscreen anymore. So that's a really um, important tool to tell patients because they just don't, they don't know. Um, and they don't also realize the exposure they get from the sun just while they're driving their cars. Um, you know, in America, the left side of our bodies is where we see the most skin cancers in patients because of driving. Patients don't realize how much sun exposure they're getting. So sunscreen is incredibly important. Um, as far as acne and, and skin care like that goes, um, some people, you know, they just want to dry their skin. And, you know, that's important to a degree, but you can't take all of the moisture out of the skin because you get to a point where you're drying your skin out, you know, you're putting um, 
you're doing a salicylic acid face wash, which is great. We recommend that. Um, but then they're also throwing on benzoyl peroxide and things like this. And they get their skin so dry that their skin's like, wow, we're so dry. We need to produce moisture. So they just start to produce more sebum. So it's kind of counterintuitive. You have to find that balance with patients. Um, we have two skincare lines here. Um, they both have products that help with, with acne. Um, we have an esthetician here at Carl that can recommend, um, you know, go through a skin analysis and recommend um, treatments for patients. Same thing with pigmentation issues. Um, you're looking at your skin brighteners like hydroquinone. Um, retinol is something that I recommend almost every patient um, do at night um, because it, it, it's great for acne. It's great for the aging, the sunspots. It increases your cell turnover. It helps with that sebum or that oil production and also helps regulate your melanin or, um, you know, the discoloration that you're seeing in your skin. So um, a lot of people, like I said, get very confused about where to start um, on this. There's so many products out there. Um, at Carl, like I said, we've got the esthetician that can go through products that we have here. Or, you know, if you want products from somewhere else, that's fine, too. Um, we have two product lines here. Um, they're both cruelty-free. Um, they both don't have any added oils or things like that. Um, they're fragrance-free. They're really great for the skin. And staff here at Carl gets a 20% discount. And they, staff also gets a discount for the other treatments that we talked about as well, the neuromodulators, Botox, filler, laser. Um, we have really great pricing structures for staff for all of these um, different aging um, things that we do here at Plastic Surgery. So it's definitely something that we want staff to know about um, so they can come here and, and take advantage of those discounts. Wow, that's excellent. And I'm so glad you pointed that out for staff members at the Carl Foundation Hospital. Wrap it up for us. What's your best advice regarding skin aging and maintenance? You've given us so much good advice. Summarize it a little bit here for us briefly and really tell us what you want us to know about plastic surgery at the Carl Foundation Hospital. Absolutely. You know, cosmetic medicine is something I'm very passionate about. Um, it's ever-changing. There's always new things out on the market. Um, it's something that we're constantly researching. I would say if, if um, you know, providers take nothing else away from this, um, it, it's to use sunscreen. Um, it's such a big part of aging, photo aging of the skin um, really affects how the skin looks with time. Um, so sunscreen is incredibly important. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a, a multi-layer approach as far as uh, cosmetic, cosmetic medicine goes. It's not just one thing. You know, you can't just do Botox your entire life and then you're going to look great when you're, when you're 70 or 80. Um, it's not just that. It's, it's thinking about everything as the whole picture. So thinking about, you know, the layers like what we talked about before with the skin and the bone and the fat and the muscles and the hormones and all of those things, they all intertwine. So there's no simple fix. Um, you know, it's a very gradual process. Um, it's something that you just, it, it doesn't happen overnight. So a lot of times, you know, patients will come in and say, you know, I just look tired or my kid says that I look angry all the time or, you know, and they can't quite pinpoint what that is. Um, it's very helpful to have a uh, cosmetic provider that can help you um, look at you individually since everyone ages in such a different you know, a different way and kind of target what it is that the problem is or what you're looking to improve. Um, so we're really excited to have cosmetic medicine here at Carl. Um, really excited to have staff that can take advantage of the discounts that we're um, providing. They're very, very good discounts. So um, we're looking forward to, you know, seeing staff. Um, 
And, you know, just taking care of yourself, drinking water, sunscreen, having a good diet. I mean, these are things that I think a lot of people are really starting to understand and take advantage of more so, um, you know, in in recent years, people wanting to have a holistic approach to, you know, their body and aging well. Um, So anyone who wants to come by and see us, we're we're obviously happy to take a look and, and that's it. Thank you so much. What an absolutely great segment. Really good information. Jennifer, thank you again for joining us. That concludes this episode of Expert Insights with the Carl Foundation Hospital. For a listing of Carl providers and to view Carl-sponsored educational activities, please visit our website at carlconnect.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. We hope the information gained will be applicable to your work and life. If you found this podcast informative, please share it on your social media and be sure to check out all the other interesting podcasts in our library. I'm Melanie Cole.